the IBM Cloud Podcast, coming to you every show with information about new capabilities and releases. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the IBM Cloud Podcast. We are hosts from the offerings team here at IBM Cloud. My name is Ian Lynch. And I'm Steve Choquette. And Steve, we're back with another guest today who is Clorinda Mascarenas, who is an OM with the Data and AI team. Clorinda, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Steve. I'm glad to be on the show with you guys. So this is our very last episode. We've done a six-part series. The first one was about the AI ladder. And then the next couple were about collect, organize, and analyze and infuse. And so this one is modernized. And interestingly enough, it's not a rung on the ladder. It's just kind of, you know, a piece, a tool sitting off to the side, I guess, when you're, you're climbing your ladder. What in the world does this step mean? Modernize. You know, modernization, um, you know, with quick innovation, um, modernization investments is definitely very critical. And um, sometimes, often than not, we think of modernization from the perspective of just technology or um, product design. But to tell you that the modernization is also something that you have to incorporate in your culture, something that is very critical with respect to your organization as well as your standards. And so for, for me, modernization is uh, not just um, something that you evolve with your data or your apps being cloud native or microservice oriented, but it's also with respect to your culture, fostering a startup culture, making sure that you have standardization um, you know, across all your services. You know, sometimes I feel clear in that that's easier said than done. But when you start bringing in, well, okay, so if we look at large organizations, typically they're using a lot of different cloud vendors. So we're always assuming a hybrid environment. I'm sure going up the ladder, they're going to hit some problems and along the way, right? So what kind of problems are we seeing having a multi, a multi-cloud environment, I guess, in a multi-vendor world? Um. Definitely, that's 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 definitely an obvious um, thing to happen. So, so to tell you the truth, if you take a look at um, multi-cloud here, right, and its um, its emergence, it started first with uh, placing workloads on a single cloud, private or public, and then the hybrid cloud quickly became a more attractive option because it gave enterprises more choices, and soon after we moved on to public cloud businesses and. Um, where organizations soon got spoiled for their choices. And now we have a variety of different options where enterprises began to mix them together. And um, as these began to mix together, um, I think the the main challenges, <clears throat> I'm sorry, the main challenges that um, we typically face are with respect to, you know, you having different workloads that you want to run and different workloads on different clouds and it, it's becoming inter interestingly popular nowadays with decision makers. Um, you know, from one of the surveys, they even said that 77% <clears throat> of the businesses uh, want a multi-cloud strategy and uh, almost 86 want a multi-cloud approach to support their solutions next year. But um, And the main drivers of this multi-cloud adoption is having these different services and some of them are better suited for different types of AI applications. And um, that's why you see a lot of companies and businesses uh, moving towards this uh, multi-cloud management uh, portfolio. And um, um, that's how I look at it. 
So way back in our first episode, which seems like it's so long ago, but we had Russ Milano was on and he told us that there was no AI without IA. So there's no artificial intelligence without some sort of information architecture. So is Nirvana having a single multi-cloud information architecture for your artificial intelligence across any private or public cloud. I can't believe I came out with that. Let me try that again. Is Nirvana having that single architecture across your all of your multi-clouds, both private and public? That's right. I mean, you know, as this is something that, um, you know, MIT Sloan also came up with, um, they have a good phrase where they say that no amount of AI algorithmic sophistication, you know, can overcome your um, lack of data architecture. Because in AI, I think the most difficult part is always data collection and preparation. And, um, you know, as it's always said, uh, business leaders, don't understand the data that is required for AI. And when you talk about pace of innovation in AI as that is accelerating, and there is a lot of attention that's been given to, you know, your your governance of data assets, your um, compliance with your policies, um, there is very little attention that's also given to governing the complexity and the lifecycle management of your data science and machine learning. and because you want to have that time to business value, because you want to suit your workloads, you know, you definitely want to have that standardization um, driving something that, that would allow you to move between these clouds or across these clouds. And, and that's why, frankly, we've come up with cloud packs um, in IBM, and that's where our name comes from, Cloud Pack for Data. Ian, this one's yours. Oh, sorry. I was, yeah. Um, sorry. I'm, I'm actually glad you said that, Clint, because that was leading into my next question. So I wanted to ask about, well, of course, the cloud packs, which you just mentioned, but there's kind of, I wouldn't say a requirement, but it's important that they're running on Red Hat OpenShift, right? Whether it's running on IBM Cloud or it's running on a different vendor. Why is that so? And why is that so important? Do you think that this is what's going to solve the problem, what you just talked about? So kind of data collection is important, analyzing, but this kind of brings it down to the foundations of, I guess, everyone on the same OS. I agree. You know, IBM is um, committed to delivering um, enterprise software, you know, from across its portfolio for modern cloud environments. And um, we want to make sure that the number of products work in a unified way, whether it's install, upgrade, migration, quickly bringing your workloads to production. And all the packs, the cloud packs, we have about five cloud packs um, that we're bringing on soon. Um, and one of it is cloud pack for data. The packs come together running on OpenShift where we bring in common services like security, logging, metering, you know, and that way you have your common operational model and multi-cluster management capabilities. And um, that paves your way, you know, for enterprises to move to cloud, giving them the ability uh, to quickly add new features, scale up, scale down, uh, depending on the changes in demand, as well as, you know, for better data security and happening at lower cost. Good deal. So there's also a, um, if I recall right, at least there's also a cloud pack for data systems, right? That's right. 
So what That's in the right. world is the difference? Well, okay, two questions there. One is, what's the difference between that and Cloud Pack for Data? And then, you know, what additional value does uh, Cloud Pack for Data systems offer? So you're right. In in the second quarter, we just introduced an IBM Cloud Pack for Data system, which is a hyper-convert system for your data and AI platform. And when I say it's a hyper-convert system, it's your software, hardware, and management in a box. And that way you could get up and running within uh, four hours, you can have a system which is behind um, your private cloud and behind secu securely behind your firewall, and it's pre-integrated with all your necessary hardware and software components. And um, you know, when we talk about hyperconverged systems, this is something that um, you know even Gartner explains it as a software integrated infrastructure with you know a very modular approach to compute, network, and storage um, with unified management on a standard hardware. So what it gives you basically is all the cloud native characteristics where you can flexibly scale up and scale down. You have your storage independent of your compute, and it's really modernized in a true sense where you have quickly assembled um, you know, with pre-tested building blocks and um, it's definitely a turnkey solution to accelerate um, adoption for uh, data and AI use cases. So, Kurlinda, as we've gone through the, the entire ladder basically now at this stage, what's kind of one thing that you would want a listener to walk away and be open-minded towards? Or what was one thing you would suggest? Um, for me, the uh, most important thing I look at is, um, you know, Data is definitely the, the raw material for our 21st century. And um, if data is a raw material, AI is like the refinery. And if you want to have optimized business processes um, you know, as your end product, um, all these, these different components have got to be, have got to come together, have got to get integrated. And um, um, you know, it's not just that AI is a new electricity, but just like electricity has transformed everything 100 years ago, um, you know, there's nothing I can think of. Um, there's no industry that I can think of that AI will not transform in the next several years. Totally agree. I really like the, the refinery. I like that that uh, image because the data is just there, but if you do nothing with it, it's fairly useless. So I'm with you. So, Clarinda, thanks so much for being on this uh, particular episode, and thanks to everyone for listening to this series. Ian and I are coming up with lots of interesting things that we're going to do next. Um, I'm not even sure what all of them are yet, but I hope you tune in for the next one on the IBM Cloud Podcast. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Steve.